of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. High school basketball season uh, winding down with the regular season, getting ready for tournament action. And joining us right now on the hotline to talk all about that, let's bring in the play-by-play voice here on WHBC Radio for football and basketball, Dan Belford. How are you, Pels? Doing great, Kenny. How you doing? And uh, JT, what's up, bud? Hi there, sir. Hey, we're good, man. We're getting ready for uh, another postseason run, hopefully a deep run by some of the teams here in Stark County. Bells, we still haven't figured out who's going to win the Federal League as three teams uh, have a shot at that. So let's start right there before we get into the tournament and give me your thoughts on what's left in the Federal League. And are we going to have tri-champions, co-champions, or a single champion when uh, the regular season's all done in the Federal League? Boy, you, you just don't know there. And it's, I heard you guys talking yesterday. It has been the most um, unpredictable league in the Fed than I can remember in a long time. We yeah. usually have a front runner and somebody's got a chance to co with them or uh, something. But it, it the, the, the complexion's just changed week to week at times. You look at the Glen Oak upset of a Jackson. I don't know if it's really an upset because the Rick's kids are playing uh, some really good ball. But uh, they're both eight and three. And they have big games on uh, Friday night. So we've got uh, Jackson McKinley. Jackson, well, with McKinley losing to Green last week, they're kind of out of it in the Fed now. But Jackson, if they win, and uh, Glen Oak, if they win, and, and Green, if they win, now they all have the, the same number of wins in the Federal League. So we could have tries there. Now, McKinley pulls the upset. We're down to one of those two are going to win on Friday night, and we're going to have a single champion in the Federal League probably. You know what? Absolutely crazy that it's come down to this, and uh, we'll see how it plays out, Bells. But uh, you know, uh, JT, you got a question for him because I want to. Yeah, I do, and this may not have any bearing on the federal league title, as you just mentioned, Dan. But the thing is this: if Kenny decides that coming into Friday's game that we're going to either interview Debevic from Jackson or Vlakovic from McKinley, one of those guys loses if they talk to my partner. Who is it? Oh, he is a black cat of all black cats. He interviewed Tom Siegfried last week. The team was scoring 95 points a game over the last four games. One word out of Kenny's mouth, and they lost to Hoover. They did. Yeah, they did. That was a heck of a game, too. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah, okay, no coaches interviews after the game. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, let me or announce, before uh, the game, yeah. or ha- halftime or anything else. So no, we've got Tim DeBevick on the show tomorrow, by oh, the way. He's Tim doomed. DeBevick's coming on with us. He's o'clock. doomed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You know, it's going to be a battle, too, because uh, this will be over McKinley's place. Um, Pups lost a, a close one over there at Jackson. It was really a war. And uh, there will be a little redemption factor, I think, for McKinley uh, to finish the season strong. And, and as everybody wants to finish strong, uh, coming into the tournament, you know, it's all that anxiety and anxiousness and excitement. Uh, the coaches have a drawer full of roll aids somewhere, and, and it's one-and-done time. And that's what you're trying to prep yourself for is mm-hmm. put the one-and-done behind you and move forward, take it game-by-game and week-by-week, and just see how deep you can go. It's going to be a fun, fun setup this year for the tournament. 
All right, Bells, uh, I'm looking at all the standings that uh, Denny Kincaid sent us, uh, and I'm looking at all the teams that had high seeds. Um, who is the best team in Stark County this year? Have you been able to determine that, or will we find out as the tournament unveils? I think as the tournament unveils, because at some point, I, I think we had a, a pulse on that, maybe midway through the season, and Louisville has been consistent, and Louisville stumbled a little bit, and that was a big stumble the other night. Uh, to take nothing away from Hoover because Hoover deserved that win and made the, the Leopards play their game. Um, Jackson started out slow. Glen Oaks started out hot, and Jackson nailed them over at their place. And now Glen Oaks finishing strong to end the season, and, and, and Jackson's up their game again. And Green is, to me, has been the most impressive run thus far because when everybody looked at him, they were devastated through graduation from last year's team. And Coach Kinsley is such a, a, a great coach of taking young kids, getting them to play up and coach them up. He's had injuries. He's had disciplinary issues where they lost Bundelow for about the first six games, seven games of the season. And these kids have all rallied, and they're playing some of their best basketball at the best time of the year. If I have to put a finger on somebody, it might be green is surprising people as they go and they might be the team to take out early in the round so they can make a deep run on. Yeah, and I'm looking at some of these standings. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, 7-1 and one in league play, 13-6 and six overall. They're one of the highest-seeded teams, uh, you know, in the yeah. tournament from Stark County. You mentioned Louisville, 14-4 uh, after getting upset by uh, Hoover the other night. Hoover was only 6-11 and 11 going into that game, right? Uh, Alliance yeah. at 14-5 having a strong year uh, as well, right? The Aviators flying high as they're tied for first in the, the EBC. So, uh, And then look at Melbourne. Melbourne 14-0 in the IBC uh, North, 17-1 and overall, Bells. Yeah, that's somebody that no one talks about, but they yep. kind of came under everybody's radar, and they just kept it rolling. Now people are taking notice. And here comes tournament time. If you draw them in the tournament, you're wondering just how soon you're going out of the tournament maybe. They're, they're a, a solid, solid unit. They have a good bench. They go about three, four deep off the bench, and those kids play cohesively. And they can adapt and play all styles of ball, and they're outstanding. Great bunch of kids. All right, this draw happens before the season ends. I don't like that, but that's the way they do yep. it. They had it this past Sunday. Uh, and I'm looking at one of the Division One Region Two matchups, okay? And, and I'm sitting there going to myself, all right, why would either team want to play each other again for a third time as 18th-ranked Lake is going to play at number seven, Glen Oak? Were you surprised yeah. that uh, McBride and, and Hairston are going to be going at each other in the first round of this tournament? Yeah, and this is everything I hate about the way we've got things seated now in Division One. But, yeah, first round of the tournament, I hate that. We lose a team already. And it happens right. earlier and earlier, it seems, every year that the guys are bowing out. I'm with you, Kenny. I'd like to see this vote go a little later. There's no reason you can't do it when the seasons wrap up and, and then get a, a better, you know, just barometer on where these teams are. I mean, I look at Alliance, as you mentioned, uh, they could use a, a little better look. I mean, they're they're playing well at fourteen and five, but their last eight games they're five and three, and they right. finished their season with Lake and Louisville. Now you wow. pick up a couple of wins there, maybe that improves your stature in your in your seeding in the tournament. So I'm I'm a fan of it going deep after the season. When the season's done, let's do the quick draw. Let's get that done. I just don't like doing it three weeks out, uh, three games out, if you will, for many many teams. 
Yeah, as we look at the D1 brackets, uh, or at least the first-round matchups, let's go there, Bells. Um, 25, Euclid at number 13, McKinley. 29, Hudson at number 23, Maslin. 18, yeah. Lake at number 7, Glen Oak. Uh, you got the Boardman, Warren Harding winner at number 6, Green. You've got Akron Ellett at number 9, Jackson. Uh, the Perry Walsh winner plays uh, Hoover, who's the 24th seed, and Louisville, a 10 seed, gets the winner of Solon University Schools. So when you, you look at those D1 matchups right there, uh, Bells, yeah. y- you mentioned you like Green based on where they're at, Northeast <laughs> District 2, right? Um, uh, yeah. They would run in possibly, though, to Jackson somewhere uh, in that bracket, whereas Glen Oak might run into a, a McKinley in their bracket, and uh, Louisville could get a, a rematch with Hoover at some point. So there's some, as this bracket <laughs> unfolds, there are some potential exciting matchups involving a couple of Stark County teams, isn't there? Oh, no doubt. There, there's going to be matchups everywhere. If we just keep the train rolling the way it should roll and the way it's expected of the coaches and the kids and their seating, uh, you mentioned Maslin that came to mind. I think if they would win, their reward is to play Hoban the following game. Oh, wow. And Hoban is one of the best teams I've seen this year. We saw them at the MLK Classic, and they are solid and a fun team to watch. And that'd be a, that'd be a challenge for uh, Coach Hose and his kids. But Josh does a great job over there. And if they can get by this first round and get a little giddy up going, they'll give Hoban all they can handle. It'll be fun to, to see them match up. But yeah. We, we know we're essentially we're going to have matchups with teams within the Fed once we get two to three weeks in or two to three games in. I hate to see it because we lose teams quickly, but yeah. the excitement level of it is going to be fascinating. It's going to be fun. It's worth the cost of a ticket, folks, to show up. If not, lock us in and we'll bring it to you. Yeah, and uh, if you're Maslin, boy, you'd hate to have your season in football and basketball both end uh, with a loss <laughs> oh, to Hoban. Yeah, there we go. throwing it out there. Yeah, that's Division One. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams that we'll be keeping an eye on in the Division One uh, portion of the OHSAA boys brackets. Division Two, Region Five, number twenty-three Northwest uh, at number seventeen Bay Village. Canfield uh, Hubbard winner takes on number twenty-one Marlington. Canton South, a 14 seed, will have a home game against number 22, Geneva. And then the winner of that game plays at number three, Alliance. And then you've got Fairless uh, against number 14, Woodridge. And Minerva, number 15, against uh, McConnellsville Morgan in the D2 side of things. So is Alliance the team that has the best shot of uh, going the furthest, you think, in D2 with the teams we cover, Bells? Yeah, I really think so. They're, they're, they're an excellent bunch of kids. They play hard. They're pretty relentless on defense. Uh, I've had a chance to see them once this year, just wandered over to watch them. And uh, great on transition defense. They really extended out beyond the perimeter. And they're a good, solid offensive team in the back and in the front court, too. So that's the team. And the record is it kind of speaks to that. They play a tough schedule, too. They play out of their their conference and take on some tougher teams to kind of prep themselves. In many of those cases, they've lost those games, but I don't think it it goes unnoticed that they played hard and they're going to carry that with them into the tournament. But amongst all those teams, yeah, to me, they're the front runner unless they stumble and and just don't keep the focus. All right, let's turn our attention to Division Three. Uh, number 19, East Canton at number 12, Manchester. St. Thomas, a seven seed, going to play host to Orville. You've got number one, Norway. Uh, well, I think Norway's going to win their first round game. They're the number one seed. So they're going to host number 23, Tuslaw. Number 22, 
Cleveland Board of Early College at number four, Canton Central Catholic. Help me out, Bells. Who the hell is Cleveland's Board of <laughs> Early College playing the Crusaders? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't either. I didn't know this. I didn't know this school existed, and, and I guarantee you if we were to uh, contact them for statistics, we'd never hear back from them. Be one of those kind of things. Sounds but, like um, Cape. Yeah, no kidding. And and, uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, we may be doing that game, or we'll have St. Thomas early rounds, thanks to Mr. Kincaid, so the homer comes out early. But, um, yeah, I, I think um, St. Thomas, to me, everyone you mentioned there, I, I just like – their chances. They remind me a lot of a central in terms of playing up, taking on right. people um, more challenging than within their conference or what have you. But um, Aquinas is doing some very, very solid, very expected things to them based on the number of kids they have back. You, you talk about central, they're a 500 team down the stretch here, but they, they played some tough kids. You've mentioned that in the past, Kenny. They played Glen Oak. They played Cardinal Mooney. Uh, they right. play Ursuline, Marlington, Alliance. Uh, they have Perry coming up, or they lost to Perry, I think. And it, it's just um, it benefits them in the early rounds against some of the smaller schools. And then if they get a couple under their belt, we've seen them make deep runs uh, into the regionals and into the districts uh, in the tournament. So let's see what happens with, with Coach's team this year. Yeah, they're a four-seed Central Catholic this year. Uh, we continue down a little further in Division Three. Uh, number one, Melvern against Richmond Edison. And number five, Sandy Valley. I'll be honest with you. I haven't heard much about Sandy Valley this year, and yet they're a five-seed, Bells. What can you tell us uh, about the Cardinals as far as basketball goes? Yeah, as far as basketball goes, they're, they're an athletic bunch of kids. You've got a combination of uh, uh, b-ball kids and some football kids. They will take opportunities to run it out, but they are very good at uh, bringing the pace to the way they want it dictated, much like we saw Hoover do against uh, Louisville the other night. So they've done very well against all formats, and it's a reason they've they've had a nice push here down the stretch and a good seeding coming into the tournament. Sometimes kids just do this quietly because we get all the focus on the Fed and all the other conferences. And, and teams like Sandy Valley just go about their business and do some good things, and you hope they get rewarded with a, a, a little run here during the tournament. All right, Dan Belford, uh, is there a player that has stood out that is the front runner in your opinion to be Stark County Player of the Year, or is this still a toss-up? I think it's still a toss-up because we're just seeing so many kids. You know, I'll give you an example, McKinley. Uh, early on in the season, it was Jaheel Graham. Right. And Jaheel, as the season went, became more of a distributor, knowing that he had to get more kids involved on the offense for Coach V. And it has worked for McKinley uh, in many ways. There's uh, it's so many teams that just don't focus on a guy. If you had to look at a team that focuses on a guy, it would be Louisville with Will Aljancic. And Ja'Cory over at uh, Glen Oak is just one of the more solid players I've seen all year. But one of the more impressive kids that I have watched a few times this year and watched his growth is Jared Taylor at Green. He's a kid that um, had to take on a role due to injuries to other players. Uh, Martin got injured during football. He's a 6'8 kid that they decided you're our point guard. And we watched him go through a tough stretch of games trying to adapt to playing the point in scoring and distributing and rebounding. And now he's a consistent five assists a game. He'll get you seven to ten rebounds. He'll get you eight to ten points. 
and he's a great catalyst for that Bulldog team. He's the he's part of the engine that that purrs just very nicely and keeps them on the level and keeps them doing things they need to do. But to really nail down a kid right now is very tough because with the competition level in the Fed, we've seen such diversity as far as kids on every team. Uh, Jackson comes to mind with Wolbert, but then you've got the sophomore Monterubio, who to me has just been dynamic this year. And you've got Fuel Guard, you've got Finnefrock, and we're starting to see uh, Coach Hairston's kids develop more and, and stretch it out to two or three guys that consistently score in double figures. That's where it's tough to, to nail an individual this year. But the one kid that does come to mind is Kassenheiser out at Lake. He can score from anywhere, score against anybody. That's why he leads the county in scoring. If I were to hang a hat on two kids, it would probably be him, and it would probably be Will Aljansic and Louisville. That's just the way I look at it right now. Dan, one of the reasons it may be so high to pinpoint any one player is because, like you said, in those last comments you just made, you made you mentioned three or four head coaches. So, I mean, obviously yeah. without any – we don't have or single out one particular player. of Canton – we don't have or single out one particular player. What yeah. about coaches? Who, in your opinion, maybe stands out as the best area basketball coach? I think this year I would have to, um, in Star County, give it to Rick Harrison and Tom Sigfrey. I would give it to those two teams. Um, they've done wonderful things with their kids. And you, you know Rick well. Sure. Uh, uh, JT and Kenny, you too. They're starting to play that type of style for Rick that we saw Rick coach at Timken, and we saw him coach at McKinley. Very aggressive defense. Transition defense is outstanding. They hit the boards for not being a big team. They do very well on the boards and minimizing opportunities for the other team. And Tom had some good kids back, but he also has sophomores in the starting lineup. He has sophomores coming off the bench. And he has made them a cohesive unit to get to where they are uh, in their seating and their, their uh, regular season record, too. Those are my two guys. If you go outside the county, then you've got to throw Mark Kinsley in there uh, from green. But uh, my guys right there, one and two, and Mr. Debevic, uh, who you'll be talking to, is right up there with them and a close uh, second behind the tie for first. Yeah, and here's the thing that's amazing. Rick's team is so young. And yet here oh they God. are yeah. as, uh, you know, they're in the running for the Federal League Championship, and that's going to be a bright future over there. Uh, he knew what he was doing, getting back in, in, into coaching at the right time with, the, you know, who they have coming through, uh, you know, the pipeline there. But then you look at, uh, you know, Siegfried at, at Louisville, right? I mean, they, they were what, uh, Elite Eight or what was it last year, Bells? And they lost all the kids. Now here they are district final yeah. or champs or whatever it was, and here they are yeah. in, the, in the running again to go far. And you've watched kids develop over the years. Uh, over that year, we've seen Will took his game to another level. Hayden Nigro took his game to another level. And yeah. you roll youth in with experience. I mean, Hayden Nigro's a junior. He'll be back. Uh, so he's got some nice nucleus of kids coming back up. His son, Bo, is uh, playing very well. He's one of the better uh, three-point shooters in terms of percentage in the county. He runs a nice offense. And he goes about four to sometimes five deep on the bench. So he's got a nice funnel of kids who have bought into his system, they play hard. You're always going to have good nights and bad nights. But, yeah, he's done a, a really just an amazing job. How about that? We got uh, two coaches' sons, right? Uh, fuel yeah. line, point guard at Jackson, 
uh, in Siegfried there <laughs> yeah. with Louisville. Uh, no surprise that, uh, you know, those those kids are, are key components to what those teams are doing and that they're two of the top teams in the county. Without a doubt. And, you know, keep your eye on um, how Hoover just goes out and plays hard in the tournament. We talk about youth. I think he dresses um, – I forget how many he dresses, 15 maybe on the team. Nine of them, nine of the 15 are either a sophomore or a junior. They're all coming back. And Coach Bluey coaches up as well as anybody in this county. He's a great teacher of the game. So in, in as much as we really got a nice campaign going on this year, we have a lot to look forward to next year. And I'm sure it's just going to be a bottleneck thing again and start counting in federal league. Yeah, and this Friday we've got Jackson at McKinley for you. It is the feature game of the week on WHBC Radio. Dan Balford, Denny Kincaid will call the action for you on that one, and we'll keep you posted uh, when the tournament rolls around on where we will be for all the tournament games involving our Stark County teams. Bells, we always appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks so much. Have a great call on Friday, all right? Thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. Take care. Dan Belford.